of mourning me? I smile at my reflection. Sometimes I don't think that I look too bad when I catch sight of myself in the mirror. Then I put my glasses on. When I'm no longer in flattering soft focus, I can see all too clearly the fine lines that radiate from the corners of my eyes, the deepening tracks that score my once flawless skin from my nose to my mouth, the unwelcome puckering of my once full and pouting lips. Now that I know life begins at forty, my mouth is turning into a cat's bottom. I try to relax it and fail. I used to call them my laughter lines, but there's been precious little to laugh about recently, and still the lines deepen. Pulling the skin taut, I see what I'd look like if ever I found the courage or the cash to have a facelift. A more surprised-looking me stares back, and I let the skin fall into place again with an unhappy little huff. I wish that I was one of those women that people describe as feisty, but I'm not. I wish I had an edgy, swishy haircut that says I'm a woman with my own style, my own mind. But I don't have the nerve to go into the hairdressers and ask for one of those either. All those stick-thin women in black scare the life out of me. Am I the only person who finds the very thought of Gok Wan getting me naked terrifying? I would rather saw off my own arms than let someone like him tell me all that's wrong with me. I'm 45 years old, a mother, a wife and a librarian to boot. None of that really adds up to sex on legs, does it? Meet Juliet Joyce. Mrs Average. Breakfast ready, my husband shouts up the stairs. I'd already heard the steady clattering of breakfast preparation coming to a head in the kitchen, but I was ignoring it, putting off the moment when I'd have to face another day. Now I'm going to be late for work if I don't get a move on. Rubbing foundation over my skin with a heavier hand than normal, I have a last glance in the mirror and sigh. Then, before I forget, I grab the pile of books from my bedside table that are due back at the library today. It wouldn't do for a librarian to be paying overdue fines, would it? The words of Tracy Chevalier, Philippa Gregory and Kate Atkinson have spent the last few weeks soothing me to sleep. Giving them a thankful pat, I tuck them under my arm then snatch up my bag and head downstairs. Bit burned, Rick says apologetically as I come into the kitchen. My husband burns the toast every morning because our toaster is old and knackered and Rick is too tight to replace it. I see this as the most important meal of the day and don't appreciate the element of risk that our temperamental appliance brings to it. Rick doesn't share my concerns. He seems to think that, miraculously, one day our toaster will be restored to its former glory and will be able to produce crisp golden toast once more and not charcoal frisbees. I think we should go to Argos and shell out twenty-odd quid for a new one. But I constantly lose that battle. We had the toaster as a wedding present nearly twenty-five years ago from Ricky's Aunt Gladys the one who died of a heart attack on a Ryanair flight on her way to Dublin for a salsa dancing weekend. My husband insists that he's sentimentally attached to the toaster, whereas I'm not. I would like a shiny new one, with variable toasting options, and maybe a four-slice facility. Sometimes, in my bleaker moments, I fantasise about it.
Rick seems to think that the toaster embodies all that our marriage is about. Solid, steadfast, struggling on stoically, standing the test of time. I think it's just not working very well. At least I don't have to make my own breakfast. Rick does that every morning, regular as clockwork. His intentions are very good, and I should be grateful. Instead, I'm considering heartlessly switching to bran flakes as a form of silent protest. See what my husband and our toaster would think of that. I elbow my way in, next to my dearly beloved, and scraping lurid yellow I-can't-believe-it's-not-butter over the blackened I-can't-believe-it's-toast, I cast a sideways glance at my husband as he busies himself making tea. Rick looks as if he's permanently in soft focus these days. He's always been quirky-looking, rather than classically handsome.